We look so tired as well. So it's not hoping, great. I'm hoping most people are just audio only. But anyway, I, I have a question for you. Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. What do you call a small mother? I don't know. A mini mum. <laughs> a mini mum. Oh, a mini mum. Right. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Minimum. I get that. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty good. Oh, God. I think I said it too correctly. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, well, welcome to this week's episode of the 107 Podcast, where we are back after Italy, essentially. Monza, yes, we Monza. are back. Um, first time we visited Italy this year. Oops. <laughs> um, well, the weather is completely different. Yes, weather was completely different. Uh, looked gorgeous, looked like the Tifosi had a had a great day out, essentially, or a couple <laughs> of days, I guess, with the with the pole as well. So, yeah, not not a bad race at all. No, not a bad race at all. For 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 uh, the Tifosi, I think they're happy with pole and a podium, or oh, a third and a fourth, actually, considering they're up against the Red Bulls. Um, but yeah, it was, excuse me, business as usual for Max, who like, I don't care what people say about Adrian Newey or the car or who he's up against, 10 wins in a row is just epic. Yeah, and it's absolutely you just, insane. You just gotta hold your you just gotta hold your hands up and say we're witnessing something special and take it in, appreciate it, because it could be a very, very long time since we see it again. When when was Seb's twenty thirteen? Ten yeah. years. Ten year gap. So fair play to him. Wasn't on pole. Just took his time. There was there was a very uh 2021-esque incident that could have happened between him and signs true i think but um i think he's like, like I, i've got this in the bag i can just do it where it's safe he knew he didn't have to battle as hard with lewis lewis like him and lewis were obviously 2021 they were so closely yeah. matched it was insane whereas he like verstappen knew that like you know i'll take him in the next corner anyway so you know so yeah he was just biding his time i think you know he has a couple of uh he's pushing me he's pushing me but um yeah, it was business as usual for Max, and you know, I just there's, there's actually I actually have no words on how epic that was. I mean, whether you hate Max or whether you love him, hate Red Bull or love them, you've just got to. It's not just a Formula One thing in sports to do that. It's just yeah, ten is absolutely ridiculous because it's so yeah. different to like you know like a Premier League team. They, yeah. If they go ten games unbeaten, that's that's pretty good, but it's not like unheard of. No, and but if this you're, is if completely different. And if you're in a sport like the Premier League, or the NFL, the NBA, oh, we've mm. gone a point down, a goal down, touchdown mm. uh, for the other team. We can still come back. If he gets an engine failure, he he's done. Yeah. Like, if he gets caught in a crash, he's done. Yeah. Right, that, I mean, that record's reset. I mean, like, think about it, like you know for example like manchester city they have like they don't just have 11 good players and then if one of them gets injured they can't finish the game they have substitutions and they can make changes and stuff like that within that one game can't really do that so much within a formula one race like you just can't if you make a mistake if you get damaged to the car that's it you're done um so it's not only a testament to you know the the design of the car and how how fast that car is but it's also a testament to 
how well Max has managed to keep that thing on the road and unscathed, essentially, as well. As well as reliable as well, because I'm sure that he's probably managing different bits and pieces from within the cockpit and stuff like that. So, But this is pure and utter domination. And Well, I, his engine was uh, was failing towards the end of Monza. Yes. He was losing like up to two seconds a lap. Yeah, so. he, was, he was starting to slow down a little bit towards the end. Uh, unfortunately not quite enough for anyone to catch him but there we go um but uh or fortunately depending on (laughs) how you want to look at it uh but i think that you're right we haven't seen this level of domination first of all ever in terms of you know uh 10 wins in a row but nine wins the last time was seb and then the nine wins before that was what ascari and no fangio sorry in what 51 something like something like that so and like a seventy-year difference. He's not been on pole um, for some of those races, so like yeah. you said, he's had to come through and overtake. Yeah, and he's got his teammate in the same car who he's overtaken in a couple of these races. Yeah, I think the so. the other scary thing as well is that like I think you could include one or two sprint race results in there as well. Oh yeah, that's true. So there's that as well. <laughs> Oh, and by the way, because we've talked about this a couple of times with mm. between ourselves and, and Terry, the earliest he can win the championship is Qatar. That is now, the I've, earliest, I've, yeah. I've okay. predicted Qatar. So that would mean he'll have to continue his winning streak. So he couldn't win it in the US? Uh, the US is... After. That's after, the race yeah. after. Yeah, so the yeah. earliest he can win it is Qatar. So yeah. Singapore, he, he can't do it. No. And who else, what else is before... Singapore. It's it's uh, Singapore's what? next. Then Japan, yeah, Japan, Japan. then Qatar, yeah. then uh Oh no no, Kota. sorry. He can do it in Singapore and Japan. I think he can do it in Japan depending on when where Sergio comes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, I've made the assumption that Sergio is P2 in both races. Yeah, P2 or P3 type thing. Yeah. I would, that's yeah. what I would assume. But, I mean, uh, you never know. But well, also, I say I. Somebody you, else did the maths. You never know in Singapore as well. Hopefully we get some we get some good stuff. But should we get back slightly and talk about the, the race in and of itself? But first of all, because there's not really that much to talk about in terms of qualifying for, for Monza, but there's obviously the pole position, yeah. which was like 0.06 or something like that like time difference in quality which is absolutely ridiculous um so uh carlos was 120.294 and max was 120.307 yeah so it was like a really really tight margin as well so um hats off to carlos for pulling that lap out of the bag because i think that there was a little bit of ferrari magic involved there um (laughs) and also very classy of i can't remember if it was him or um or oh my god the guy from monaco whose name has just completely fallen out of my head charles leclerc, charles leclerc jesus <laughs> christ uh or charles i can't remember either one of the ferrari drivers but they were shushing the crowd or like telling the crowd not to boo uh, yeah i as think well. that was uh charles yeah i think uh, so booing um, the, but it's just a little bit of sportsmanship which i really appreciate and uh, yeah. i don't think it goes unnoticed especially not between the other drivers within the paddock as well i'm assuming it's, anyway. it's not nice he's um, like no. he's not done anything wrong like, no, not at all. Um, what has he done wrong? Just try and put his car just, on pole and exactly, win which he didn't even do. He didn't put his car on pole in that in that uh, situation. But yeah, so the the pole lap was absolutely brilliant, amazing. Yep. Uh, and I feel like if you're Ferrari going into this race and somebody says to you, "You don't win the race, but you take pole," and nothing terrible happens, but you get pole, like nothing terrible happens in the race. Most of the Tifosi probably would have taken that. So yep. I think it was great for them, something to celebrate. 
Um, we also had a man on the ground, kind of, uh, in terms of one of our followers was was there uh, was oh, there yeah, watching the was. race. He looked like he had a great um, time. Oh he yeah, was. absolutely. Um, the paddock and everything. Amazing. Yeah, met so. Will Buxton, uh, which is awesome. Um, so, so yeah, uh, if you, you know who you are, um, but, uh, but yeah, so we had a man on the ground as well and he said that it was absolutely amazing. Like the atmosphere was brilliant. Um, flew in all the way from the U S as well. I did send him some stickers as promised, but I don't think they arrived in time, uh, which is a little bit of a shame. So whoever on earth is staying at that Airbnb of his, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now has some random stickers i guess um but yeah so like uh he was saying that the the atmosphere all weekend was absolutely brilliant um and that obviously carried into sunday and the race itself was brilliant we saw some proper racing um uh, it was good from... up until max took the lead yes but it was still interesting to watch the two ferraris fight it out behind oh yeah Do so you towards, think? towards so, the end yeah between charles and carlos and yeah the beginning uh, was pretty good the start yeah. was very interesting and i'm really really disappointed that yuki didn't make the start like really disappointed ah, i don't man. think that the alpha towery was particularly quick obviously and i don't really think that he would have he would have scored points realistically but at the same time it was still really disappointing to see him retire um and then yeah. and then we'll, obviously we'll talk about it um a little bit when we talk about alpha Tari, but considering yeah. they've still got both spaces available for next season yes like any race he can to show that like, i'm still the guy i know you've got liam lawson daddy ricardo maybe mm. anyone else coming up you know he's it's one less race for him to show yeah he's got it's the just a real shame that he didn't take part you know because uh, yeah. I love Yuki, I think he's definitely got what it takes for sure. Yeah. Um, he just needs a little bit of a better car, maybe with like a particular strength, like you know, under braking or whatever it is, or maybe like high speed corners or whatever it is, compared to that Alpha Tower at the moment, not being particularly strong in any space, unfortunately. Yeah. Anyway, so rest of the ways race jesus um oscar piastri led a couple of laps which is i'll be honest like cool but also like yeah i think it's just you just lads you just didn't pit (laughs) it wasn't on merit which is a little bit of a shame it was just purely because mclaren left the boys out a little bit longer than expected um but i mean it was interesting led your first laps you've got them out of the way so hopefully that will prepare him a bit better for the future and yes of course i have to talk about mclaren first um but it was one of the more notable bits and pieces that happened during the weekend um like i said the battle between ferrari was really really good as well um but there was another driver who retired and i will give you 10 pounds if you can tell me another driver who retired who nobody knew retired did he did he retire? Or was he just given a 10 second time penalty? I, I don't know what <laughs> happened. Honestly, give him a no penalty for retiring. Because yeah. Ocon just completely dropped off the face of the earth. I didn't know that he'd retired, but apparently he did. Yeah. I yeah, couldn't yeah, tell you right, when yeah. he when did he retire? Because I no I genuinely no, no one don't said know. anything on the broadcast. I just saw it on the news afterwards. Yeah, there was nothing on the F1 TV either. Literally nothing. It didn't say retired at the bottom of the at the bottom of the screen or anything like that. Um, I don't know what lap he retired. I'm just trying to look. Lap Ocon, 39. Lap 39. So there was like there was like 11, 12 laps between him retiring and how forgettable the Alpine's performance. Jesus was um, apparently it is. Uh, yeah, it's not. It's not great. But speaking of forgettable performances, do you want to talk about the Aston Martins? Well, I don't mind talking about Fernando. <laughs> yeah, well, of course. Um, but I think um, that just the difference in 
in the results between Alonso up in P9, which is very respectable because we know that that car, the Mercedes as well, arguably, and also that the um, the McLaren, they weren't going to perform at this track, realistically. No, no. Um, this is not really the track for them. This is more a track for Red Bull, Ferrari, and you could potentially even argue Alfa Romeo as well. Uh, I'd say Williams and Williams for sure, yeah. yeah. Um, but so it just didn't really suit their car's strength. So for for um, Alonso to get P nine is pretty good. However, think, Lance yeah, Stroll trundling yeah. around just essentially keeping the Hasses at bay, who didn't have a particularly good weekend either, which is a real shame. But yep. for Stroll to just be essentially a back marker again. It just brings up the question again, like when on earth is somebody going to have to sit down with Papa Stroll and be like, mate, what is going on? Because um, it just keeps happening. Yeah, he just, look, we don't know. We can just be armchair psychologists, but he just he just wasn't on it this weekend. He's just like, you know. You can yeah, in his post-race interview, yeah. he looks so done with everything. He just looked like he wanted to go home. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe he was just having one of those weekends. I mean, he had to to play to kind of back Lance a little bit. He had no running pretty much the whole weekend, right? He just could like he had the obviously no. the engine issue. So, but I was uh, watching an interview with Fernando, and he's like, "Look, we probably not saying he could have got you know Lando or Alex, but he's like, we were actually quicker. But when it just came to the straights, we just couldn't get close enough to make yeah. a move." So, I mean, if you if he's saying that, then you're expecting him to at least, by him I mean Lance, you're expecting him to at least get past a couple of cars, like he had Gasly in front of him and Zhu and, and Logan, maybe it could have been difficult because he's in the Williams. Yeah. But at least you're expecting him to try. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was just just a weekend to forget for, for him and Aston Martin and... I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, maybe a two-week break is, is what he's needed. and Maybe. We'll, let's hope so. Um, we'll see what happens at, at Singapore because I'm really annoyed that they've changed the track to take out those couple of corners and make it a straight. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Singapore next week. But yeah, that yeah. was one of the big things that came out I recently. I think that, that will hinder... As to my, very slightly but, slightly yeah but, but you know. maybe maybe that two-week break and knowing that singapore is a track that aston martin can really do well at will actually yeah. give stroll a bit more motivation like could we potentially see stroll on the on the podium potentially who knows like you never because know, yeah. he's pulled it out the bag before and so maybe he knows this season has been building up to this very technical track or like like not this one yeah. in particular, but a few very technical tracks like Singapore. So potentially, you know, maybe he pulls it out of the bag. But I'll be honest with you, based on the rest of his se- of, like s- season, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's going to happen, I'm afraid. No, it's not. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think they can get away with it now because the car is not supposed to be where it's supposed to be. In a mm. way, they made a huge jump, but they're not challenging for poles and wins. So it's like, oh, we're, we're okay, right? We've got a lot of... Um, stuff coming with the factory in the wind tunnel. But if that was a Red Bull or Ferrari uh, where they're challenging for poles um, and with Red Bull wins, they're like, look, we it, it can't be like Ferrari 2010, 2012, no, where it's no, just Fernando carrying yeah. the team. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, do we want to talk about a Ferrari just a little bit more? And like you said, they, they had the battle at the end with Charles and Carlos. 
And there seems to be a little bit of a consensus where Charles is the number one person. Yeah. Um, we've heard it from Terry that, you know, Ferrari should just have a number one driver and be behind him. Yeah. And it seems Charles was the guy. He was the quicker guy overall. But Carlos is like, well, actually, you know what? Now that, you know, now that people are saying that, I've put it on pole a few times. I've uh, held off my supposedly faster teammate. Yeah. Could he be the person where, like, actually, you know what? Consistency wins. Because for as great as Charles is, and, you know, I love Charles, there are times where, you know, he would just bid it. Yeah. Like, so I think that the the Charles and the, and the Carlos situation really does depend on contracts. Because I feel like if Ferrari could... They would sign Charles on another ridiculously con- like r- r- ridiculously long contract, like four years, right? But they want to stay in the driver market for twenty twenty six, which is understandable. Um, and I'm sure Charles wants options as well. Charles will probably want options as well. Carlos seemingly wants some sort of option as well, especially with rumors of him coming in and being part of the Audi setup as well. So. I don't really know, but I feel like if Charles were to say, you know what, I'll take a four-year deal or like a really long-term deal and I'll be here until 2028, uh, 2027, let's say, um, then I feel like they could potentially transition into that first like first driver role and Carlos or whoever would be backup or second driver and it would be very, very clear. But I don't think it would go as well as if you flip the script and Carlos was the one who was there as the main driver and Charles was, you know, the second driver. But I don't think that Ferrari would ever do that. I think it's too much of a slap in the face to Charles and they have too much respect for Charles, I think, personally. However, if I was to choose between the two of them, I would pick Carlos as my first driver, purely because I think that he is the sort of person to... Like, during the race, and you can hear it, and we've mentioned this before in previous weeks, he is the one to take the team by the scruff of the neck and say, come on, let's have some common sense, do this, this is what should happen type thing. I just feel like he would be the difference on multiple occasions going forward, whereas Charles is very reliant on the team, but the team isn't there. So... I think that unless Ferrari all of a sudden next year come out and all of their team issues are sorted, like, you know, having tyres to do a mm-hmm. pit stop, which would be great, then I think, sure, yeah, okay, then it makes sense to have Charles as the first driver. But that's just not the case right now. It just yeah. isn't. Ferrari is still a mess, and it still needs someone like Carlos to, you know, give them a bit more direction. What do you think? Um... I, I think that, again, they're similar on Aston Martin in a way where I think if this was the twenty, the start of 2022, that car, they would have had to pick a number one. Yeah. Uh, because it's like, look, the Red Bull just way too far ahead. Yeah. We're just maximizing points. Just get third and fourth, the odd pole if, if you can. Yeah. Then we, we can let it go. Well, at Ferrari, the team is first. But um, it will get... if. I don't know, it depends on if Ferrari get there or not, because was it been since 2007 since they won the championship? Yeah, last? 2007, Kimi Raikkonen. And, and to be fair, that's because McLaren also just kind of fucked everything up. Fumbled the bag <laughs> completely, yeah. yeah. Shit um, just went down in 2007 with them. Well, there are um, a lot of there are a lot of conspiracy theories about that we can talk about it. We can that's, talk about the summer break. something for the, for the winter break. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think right now it's like, we don't need a number one. So there's no point having that hassle. 
but it will get it could get to a point. I think they'll 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 back Charles, but uh, I think when that happens, when the car is the dominant car or mm. is winning races, I don't think Charles is going to be at that team. I I'm not too sure. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, I, think, I, I think it'll be somewhere else. Yeah, I feel like for me, Charles will eventually grow tired of Ferrari. Yeah. And although it's a dream to have done it, it is a very much a case of been there, done that. And I think that if, for example, Red Bull or Mercedes come in, especially Red Bull right now, um, and knowing the history of Mercedes as well, he may be swayed or tempted, especially as he grows into the later years of his career. Like, I can't remember how old he is now. 26? 26? He's still, he's still quite young. Uh, um, but my, my point being 20, is that... 25. He's 25, that, okay. Yeah, it's actually 26 next month. So okay, so, but all right. So call him 26 for, for argument's sake, right? So his contract is for the next two years, right? Mm, so he's no. until 2025? Or is it 2024? I, th- I think it's 2024. Okay, 2024. So you're 27. You've just finished yeah. up, finished up your con- contract, right? You know that realistically, between 28 and 30, those are probably going to be your prime years to try and win a championship, right? Yep. So you could sign an extra year or two with Ferrari. But if it doesn't look like you're going to win a championship, but all of a sudden, Helmut Marco knocks on your door and says, Charles, my friend, what do you think about a seat here? He could be tempted. Especially if Red Bull is still dominating by that point, which, let's be honest, they could be. So I I think that it depends on who comes in the door for him and what happens in the rest of the driver market. But I do feel as though, because a lot of drivers' contracts are up at the end of next year, we will will see a lot of switches. So, sorry, you're right. He's actually contracted till 2025. Okay, yeah. I thought it was. I just couldn't remember. But let's say for it... End of so the 2026 season, he is a free man. So, yeah, and so this is what maybe I'm saying. He, he takes that year to have a look. Like, let's not jump ship. Let's see what yep. what cars are top of the top of the game. Yeah, it could be it could be anyone. Yeah, it could be. And then 2026 is like Ferrari is still not there. I will maybe he gives it team. a go. He's won races with Ferrari, but if he, I think that if he sees that they're not gonna be a championship contender like they were last year where they sort of held on somehow through luck um to be in the position where they were um up until about halfway through the season and then max ran away with it um up until france i think france was where we knew that he he yeah that and and the engine turned down as well yeah exactly so i feel like up until those points i think he probably believed it still that he if he did everything right he could probably challenge and so i think that unless there's a situation like that again where he can properly challenge i just don't see it going particularly well um staying within that team but we'll have to wait and see i don't know i could be completely wrong um uh, yeah, I, look, he, he's, he's said it multiple times. His dream is to win the Formula One World Championship. And if he can't get out of Ferrari, he, he'll, he'll look elsewhere. Yeah, I think I think as well. There's, there would be no shame in him going to a different team and winning yeah. a Drivers' Championship or trying. Yeah. I don't I mean, see like, any shame in it whatsoever. Fernando tried and he left. Seb tried and he left. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll see what happens. Maybe Chelsea. Fred does a bang-up job. Who knows? Yeah, or maybe the team design a car that you know can challenge a Red Bull. But uh, 
We shall see. Um, we shall. Mercedes, fifth and sixth, George and Lewis. Just a, a solid race from them, to be honest with you. Minus yeah. uh, Hamilton trying to murder Oscar Piastri. That was un... But no, I'm kidding. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a racing incident, but come, no, no, on, he, come on, old he, man. He, he misjudged it. That's yeah. it. Come on, old man. He, he said um, it. It was his fault. We, it. we, the two of us, uh, we? Uh, Ash we? and Jacob, we <laughs> had a little bit of a discussion about this, though, didn't we? About how uh, the penalty probably should have been 10 seconds, in my opinion. No, no, I think five seconds is fair. You think five seconds is fair. But yeah. I think that because Oscar dropped out of the points because of that contact and because of the incident... Um, I even suggested to you, and this may be completely stupid, let's be honest, everyone is going to be fucking stupid, um, but it may be stupid of me to even suggest that if the person that you make contact with um, has to go through the pits to repair damage, like front wing or something like that, um, if they like bald spot their tyres and then have to pit, it is what it is, but if they cause body damage... Um, then any penalty that is given to the opposing driver, the driver who is found at fault, has to do a drive-through penalty to serve that penalty. Because yeah, the- you're forcing both drivers, you're neutralising both. That's what yeah. I mean. But uh, I, that, is that too harsh? Is that not harsh enough? It, like, what, yeah, what do we the, think? The, the issue with that is... We've seen we've seen like some like minor wing damage and cars continue. Yeah, and I can see a team that we're like, look, we'll just come in, change the wing, and force that other driver to. Yeah, it could get quite tactical through. because let's say for example that you had yeah. let's say for example Hamilton had made contact with Piastri and they were fourth and fifth, and Lando was on for a podium, but. Mercedes had pitted before and they were a much quicker tyres and Hamilton was due to catch Lando for that last podium spot. With that rule in place, McLaren, all they have to do is say, oh, we're going to pit because there's damage and then all of a sudden yeah. it drags Hamilton out of that podium spot, potential podium spot. So there is that argument for it. But at the same time, if the old man maybe updates his contract uh, contacts and, you know... Sees the McLaren I, at the edge of the road. No, he did misjudge it. I'm just taking the piss. But I think yeah. that if, if you know, if on any other day, it could have not been contacted or it could have been teeny tiny bit of damage. It could have been whatever. Um, and I think it's just very unlucky. But it does beg the question, like, because it is such a big disadvantage if you have to pit, yeah. should the penalty be harsher? It, no, I, 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 I was reading it on Twitter and I did see quite a few people say that five seconds isn't quite as harsh as it probably should have been. Yeah. Um, I think kind of like the the race stewards or whoever sets the penalties, they, they kind of dug themselves a little bit of a hole because like, yeah. what, what's five, what's ten? Yeah. Um, things like that. But... Maybe that yeah. needs to be looked at then. That I was literally about to say maybe that needs to be looked at because, there, are, like you said, there are... T- like, if Max Verstappen, let's just say... So Max and Sergio, one, two... And he, I don't know, someone, someone's, uh, he unlapped someone. Uh, actually, I unlapped someone. He's lapping someone. Let's say it's... Uh, Ocon. It's, <laughs> we're just going to give Ocon. We're just going to give Ocon. Penalty. Okay, let's just say he unlapped someone. Actually, we're not going to say Ocon because that's a whole other thing. Uh, let's just say Alex Albon, right? <laughs> yes, Alex Albon sure. unlaps himself, makes a little bit of a mistake or something. Let's just say he locks up, hits Albon. Albon has to pit. 
give Max a five-second penalty. First of all, that five-second penalty means nothing to Max, right? Yeah. He'll, he'll make it up in no time. But that could mean Albon, who was running in 10th, which is a point. He has to go and pit, change a front wing or whatever. Exactly. And he, he's out of the points. That punishment is more for them than it is for Max. And maybe they need to, even post-race, have a look at perhaps where, again, this just opens up a can of worms. Mm. Look, he was 10th. Now he's at the back of the grid. I know we gave you a five-second time penalty, but maybe another punishment is yeah. deemed. But again, that just opens up a can of worms. Yeah, it does It does beg the question. Just gets very tactical. Surely racing is racing. These yeah. incidents are bound to happen. Maybe we don't need to have any further intervention. It feels unfair at the time, but yeah. when the shoe's on the other foot, it also doesn't feel unfair. So I guess it just it depends. But um, it's not the first time that Hamilton has made contact this year. So but You know what? I think maybe they don't get penalties, but you dock points. Yeah, it could be It could be that. So, for example, where was... I think he was running in ninth, let's say. So, so Piastri should have earned two points. Maybe because you removed Piastri from potential point-scoring position you deduct three championship points, regardless of what position that is. It could be yeah. first, it could be third, it could be tenth. Because then it's it's a teeny tiny thing, but it just maybe might make drivers probably not, but maybe might make drivers in the in the moment think. Well, oh, I mean well. if you're if it's a super close fight, you know, between one or any position in yeah. the championship, you know, as we saw with the twenty twenty one with both Max and Lewis coming into the same mm. Number, coming in with the same number of points, it might make you think like, "All right, let's just not do anything stupid." True. Here. So, or could it be that if you cause another driver to DNF, the punishment is a lot bigger? No, again, this is where teams will be tactical. Because yeah, they that's can the just thing. Retire yeah. a car, yeah, and then is it you know? So. Because I'd li- I'd like to remind you that Hamilton's um, attempted murder on Verstappen was only a ten second time penalty. Uh, oh, the Silverstone incident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There which feels wrong <laughs> uh, for the attempted murder, but there we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, that's enough about penalties and all that boring stuff. Let's get into the really exciting stuff and talk about arguably the hero of the weekend, Mr. Williams himself. Albono. Albono. What a in weekend for Williams. Unreal. Uh, hats off to Albon. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, six points in the bag. Uh, didn't didn't put a foot wrong. He was he was trying to he was trying to keep the McLaren at bay. Lando was getting a little bit frustrated behind him. Yeah. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. What, what can he do? That's that's what he's, he's got to get those points. He's got to defend. Yeah, he was like if you'd have said Albon seven uh, and then only the Mercedes, the um, Red Bulls, and the Ferraris ahead of him, like that sounds about right. Like that, yeah. like there's no, he shouldn't have beaten a Mercedes. He shouldn't have beaten a Ferrari. So he's done arguably a perfect weekend. Well, he put it in uh, P5 as well in qualifying. So exactly. And yeah. he go back two places with Mercedes, Ferraris, exactly. Red Bulls, yeah. McLarens. Then, you know, hats off. And it's not just this race. He's been doing it the past few races, right? It's yeah. just a solid job of maximizing everything that he can from that car yeah and where they are on the racetrack so i do think that it does make him look slightly better than he probably is purely because logan just is nowhere near the level that it needs to be however 
maybe maybe that isn't the case. Maybe this car is still a bit rubbish, but Albon is just so good. I think time will tell maybe next year once Sargent's maybe either had a year in the car or they get somebody else in but we'll have to wait and see that's that's a whole nother can of worms that we won't go into but it would be very interesting to see because Albon is confirmed for next year in the Williams correct so I don't think that is he no I don't think he is I don't think he is actually um Uh, but let's say for example if Albon carries on at Williams it would be very interesting to see what driver he's pitted against and how well he does against that driver um, I think also the track played into their strengths. So let's see how Singapore goes before yeah. we even look at it next year. And, and I'm, I'm just mean, so. you know, Albon has how many points compared to Sergeant? Uh, he has. Sorry. So I'm trying to find out the driver market as well. But uh, uh, so Albon I can tell you, Albon currently has 21 points. Yeah. And uh, oh, I almost said Lawson, and Sergeant has zero. Sergeant is technically currently the only full-time Grand Prix driver for the entire season not to score a point. What about the 15 drivers after? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Lawson's not a permanent driver. He's he's brought in as a replacement. De Vries was a permanent driver, didn't score a point. Ricardo is technically a, a, a permanent driver, but he's not racing there anymore because Lawson's there. And also he's only been racing for like two or three races so i don't classify that either he's the only permanent we'll go with permanent he's the only permanent driver who hasn't scored a point which is not it's not good is it it's not good considering your teammate has 21 yeah if his teammate had three or four sure no problems with that whatsoever that's completely justified got no issues with that but i mean let's say for example that uh, he scored five points by now. Like a second driver for um, Williams has scored five points. All of a sudden, that 26 points, like it doesn't make that much of a difference in terms of that step up to Alpine or that step down to Haas. But maybe Haas do really well in the last part of the season because apparently they've got a B-spec car on the way. So maybe yeah. Haas overtake uh, Williams in the standings. And then because Sergeant wasn't performing, they get less prize money. Who knows? So it could be really, really important that Sergeant starts picking up points. We just don't know. Um, do you want to talk about the Haas boys real quick? Because that sort of left, led us into Haas. Um, not really. Yeah, that's the thing. There's not really a lot to say. The only thing was... I think that, I, the most interesting thing to come out is this B-spec car. Yeah, apparently they have a B-spec car for... Which is for, uh, very Red Bull inspired. So yes. it'll be interesting to see um, how that helps them jump up. Whether, like you said, it's like, oh, right now they're um, getting past other teams in the constructors. So. Yeah. Well, in the constructors, Haas currently have 11 points and Alfa Romeo have 10 so I think that the bare minimum is to confirm that eighth place. That is the bare minimum for them. But they will have their eyes set on seventh. They'll probably have their eyes set on as high as possible. So. Yeah, they're not going to catch Alpine. The the, yeah. the the gap is way too big. So Alpine have 73 points. Williams have 21. That's a huge gap. They're not yeah. closing that. Al- not I'd argue that Alpine and McLaren, they won't change their positions in the in the constructors whatsoever. Al- like McLaren will finish fifth. Alpine will finish sixth. Unless something insane happens. Well, I don't think Alpine are going to bring any updates to the level that 
McLaren have. No. So it, it's probably going to be quite set now, probably for the rest of the season. Yes. Um, yeah. Probably see what Aston Martin will do with McLaren. But yeah, it'll be interesting. Now, obviously, they've also confirmed Nico and Kevin for, for next season as well. So that could be a little bit of pressure off their shoulders. So yeah, I'm, not, I'm not driving for my future. I've got mm. another season in Formula One, and that just might help um, draw out some better performances. But uh, yeah, um, I think we're pretty much done with with Monza. It was it was Bro, like a good start, pretty good, good end. race. But um, I think the middle was kind of boring. It was it was pretty good compared to the rest of the season. Let's say I still I'm very biased, but I still think that Silverstone was a personal highlight for <laughs> for for the season. Because we had some interesting battles, and I, I'd argue that this was a close second in terms of the best race so far this season. I'd probably put up with a Monaco and Zandvoort with my two. Monaco was okay. Zandvoort was also pretty good, so maybe joint second with the Zandvoort. We've had some two pretty good races in the past couple of weeks, so but hopefully, because we all we all look forward to that big twist, that that big story of the season type thing, and maybe that comes at Singapore. And maybe it's because we've got a new race winner. Who knows? That that is literally, I think, the goal for everyone. Anyone, yeah. <laughs> Bar Red Bull is just like right, new race winner. So, but yeah, um, I think what also helped was Ferrari. Just like we've got a Monza spec car, we've got a Mon- fresh Monza engine. You know, they put up a little bit of a battle, and I think. I think the big wigs at F1 saw what happens when there's a fight for first. Yeah. Is like it does make the sport a lot more engaging and interesting. And Mm. obviously, no one wants anyone to be punished for being dominant or anything like that. But I think there may be some changes coming just to see if they can peg Red Bull back and make the championship fight a lot more. Domenicali uh, has said that he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, they say that, but remember, like, numbers, you know, don't lie, but liars run numbers. That was a very good quote I had. Ooh, like that. That's good. <laughs> so he can say, I don't want that, but if he notices, you know, maybe viewing figures are going down, engagement is going down because Red Bull and Max are dominating, I would not be surprised if a rule change does come in or something happens to just try and level out the pack. I think between seasons, yes, mid-season. Oh no, never, never anything mid-season. No, no, yeah, that's yeah. Just, I was, I was just uh, going to say, yeah. Um, yeah. During the season, they were like, okay, we're going to do X or Y or something yeah. like that. So, but yeah, yeah, uh, cool. Do we want to talk a little bit about uh, some stuff? It's actually been a very quiet week. In the yeah, F1 I mean, we've news. been recording for thirty-eight minutes. Should we quickly cover cost cap? Well, there's nothing to cover. Everyone was there. We uh, go. Within, that's it. <laughs> everyone was in. Well, there was one thing that has come to light, which is apparently around Ferrari. They haven't named the team, but it's around Ferrari. So apparently uh, Ferrari or Italy as a country has Mm -hmm. tax breaks for people joining, high-skilled people joining, I think, in in sports. Yeah, sure. So essentially, Ferrari can hire engineers at what would be a lower salary, but yeah. because their tax is reduced massively or they don't pay tax mm, at all, okay. it ends up that they actually earn more if they were based in the UK. So apparently okay. that's a loophole that they've been using, which is not really them, it's the country, no. to poach talent from other staff. Because look, I let's just say fine. you know, you let's just say you get paid in 
200,000 pounds in the UK. Yeah. It's 50% tax. It's 100K. We'll pay you 150K in Italy, but you won't get taxed at all. I mean, yeah it's, or it's you get taxed at like 10 percent type thing yeah yeah i think i think that's fair enough and it could justify potentially even some teams moving some of their operations or spreading their operations across across different places i mean like i know that the average wage in switzerland is ridiculously high and that's where alfa romeo are based yep so i mean maybe they open up a factory in italy because they work so closely with ferrari or maybe because they're being bought up by uh audi that they transfer some of the production to somewhere in germany who knows i mean there could be potentially bits and pieces that that they find in terms of you know uh, cost cap skipping i guess um but i I did not know that yeah i think they need to have a good look at the cost cap because like Mm. while i'm all for engineers and top brass getting paid what they're worth as terry said there's redundancies that they've had to make mm. and people can't get pay rises because of the cost cap like you know maybe like graphic designers or yeah. machinists or whatever and that that's just not fair in the sport that generates so much money um they should look at maybe you know making sure that those people can essentially make more money and progress throughout so i'm hoping that the cost cap is a continually evolving thing um yeah because i think that one of the things which they could very easily do is just say that the cost cap like stays at the same um the same like rate of inflation yeah because i don't think that that's something that they've taken into account so for example if inflation is at five percent let's say uh and it's again i'm going to do this for math's sake but let's say the budget for the whole season is 100 million for the first season and then suddenly the inflation goes up five percent so the budget for the next season should be 105 million to account for inflation so i i think personally at the very least that should be something that they take into consideration Uh, and i think what they should demonstrate is that going into you know people's wages Mm, and things like that so um especially yeah, if they I, justify it and they say like like you know like we will allow you to match inflation or worldwide inflation providing that yeah. every single one of the employees also gets a cost of living like wage or like wage rise or something like that because then not only do the employees get a little bit more money but also the team gets a bit more money to deal with things that cost more for example maybe carbon fiber has gone up from again i'm pulling i this is shows how little i know about carbon fiber it goes from you know a hundred thousand pounds per three meters of the material which obviously then you mold and shape and stuff like that to 120,000 pounds for the three meters or whatever it is so i think that's how the fabrication works i don't know um but yeah you get my point so like it would allow for different bits and pieces to to come into play um but again who knows i i am in no way a math math man so well it just goes back to just just continually keep like closing loopholes, looking yeah. at who's who's been affected by the cost cap, and see, okay, that's a little bit unfair on perhaps lower paid people or staff. Just just keep evolving, keep evolving, keep evolving. Yeah. Um, because if they don't change anything, I guarantee the te- the teams will find even more ways around it. So, yeah. um, and then that just defeats the whole purpose. But yeah, um, that's about it, I guess. There's not, not really that much else to discuss, right? Well, do we want to? We were talking about drivers for next year. Do we mm. want to talk about the? I don't want to say it's a predicament, but challenge that AlphaTauri have with Yuki, uh, Daniel, and Liam Lawson. 
We can because do. Liam, yeah. Liam, actually, we didn't even talk about him in the race, is doing really, really well, considering he's, he just had well, to jump yeah. into that car, has had no, okay, has a few weekends at the start of the season or anything yeah. like that, and he's he's doing bits, and the only person to overtake Max Verstappen. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, one of the only people to overtake Max Verstappen this season. Um, he is making track. a name for himself, providing a justified reason why he should be in Formula One next season. And there's also, if we're talking, I mean, driver salaries aren't included, but yeah. a cheaper option than Daniel oh, Ricciardo. Much cheaper likely. than Daniel Ricciardo. Um, I think that there's no guarantee that Daniel has that seat at AlphaTauri for next season. No. Um, and I think that realistically, unless another team comes in for Daniel Ricciardo and offers him a contract for next year... I think that Daniel will stay at AlphaTauri and because obviously Checo's contract will be up at the end of next season as well. Uh, and Daniel Ricciardo will essentially be saying, be, be like trying to prove you are the person to sign for Red Bull to put in the car against Max and be a teammate of Max. I think that's probably what will happen. Um, He's more commercial with Boss coming in as well. We haven't really talked about that, but Boss coming in as a sponsor for the the Avatari team yeah. as well, Avatari Boss or Boss for Tauri or whatever they want to call it. Um, that's something that will play heavily into it because Boss may turn around and say we will only sponsor the team if Daniel Ricciardo is the driver next year. You never know because Boss Daniel Ricciardo sells itself. It does. It does. It does. Think about it. If if there is a like Boss advert for suits or something like that and you've got Daniel Ricciardo wearing boss suits it just that's just printable money that is quite literally printable money so I think that or Liam Lawson in boss not as appealing is it so the potentially they could come in with a demand sponsors have been known to do similar things so we'll have to wait and see and then it will probably be a straight shot between is it Yuki because although Yuki is Yuki confirmed for next year, I don't know. But it could be a straight shot between, right, well, there's one seat at the big boy table, Yuki, Daniel, whoever comes out on top or whoever we think is the best one for the job, yeah. you'll be joining Max for 2025. So, you yeah, just don't at, this, know. Uh, at this moment of time, so this article is on September 7th. It's yeah. set to expire at the end of this year. Yeah. Yuki. Okay. Cool. So I think that the Yuki deal will probably be renewed. Very. I think that's very, very likely. Um, and then Yuki will probably transition over to Aston Martin once Honda comes through because he's a very heavily Honda-backed driver. So, and very, like we said before, very clearly, Yuki has what it takes to be a Formula One driver. Didn't look like that the first year. He was way too hot-headed. But I feel like a level of calm and. Well, he's is... kind of had to become the team leader since Pierre yes. left. Yeah, he's grown up. Yeah, and a, that's a kind of, that responsibility has helped him massively, I think. Yeah, so, uh, and I'm sure that Pierre would have given him some words of wisdom and stuff like that as well, um, yeah. like passing the torch, let's say. Yeah, so, but yeah, it's actually been a quiet week in Formula One. I know Red Bull did something at the Nürburgring with Seb and DC Very cool. and a few, a few of their other drivers. Um, I, I don't really like to. I don't want to talk about it and just give exposure to it. But helmet's not exactly been saying let's the right thing. Skip through that because that's yeah. like not that we don't want to. 
support that or anything it's just yeah. not a nice thing to talk about we all know nope. what we're talking about he said some horrible things we don't agree with them yeah there we go so um but yeah it's uh it is it'll be race week tomorrow so i'm sure a little bit more news will come out um uh, we'll record another episode previewing singapore and maybe this could be the race where Max Verstappen just gets his 11th win. Yeah, it's going to be 11, isn't it? I'm crossing my fingers, but like me crossing my fingers, it's a 1-1. It's a 1-1. I wonder wonder what he'll do to celebrate directly with just the two middle Yeah, that would be hilarious. That would be so good. Yeah, yeah, that would be really, really good. So, um, yeah, it's been... Yeah, it's just been a quiet week. I yeah, think. well then so. let's let's wrap it up there because I think that there's there's not too much else to say. Um, other than you have now, if you're still listening to this and it's not me listening to the recording to just make sure that I haven't said anything completely stupid before I publish it, you've been listening to this podcast now for 48 minutes and 34 seconds. So, yeah. I mean, reward yourself by rating us because... We- <laughs> because we haven't we haven't asked for ratings in a while uh it's something super important we probably should have done that at the beginning of the episode let's be honest um but uh maybe we should do that next we do that next week we kick off with like please remember to like subscribe give us a rating that sort of stuff no Um, no okay cool um but yeah so if you've made it this far please be able to rate us and uh follow the pod as well because it does mean a lot and it definitely does help us in the in the charts and stuff like that so much appreciated but i think that's enough from us really plus we would also like to do an episode with uh viewer questions ah yes yeah i did see we had one on spotify but it was super specific to that episode it's not something that we could potentially cover like over this um but we could definitely i i still have some f1 hot takes that we need to cover um at some point as well uh i had i put up a poll on on our instagram go and follow it self shameless plug um but yeah so we can definitely do some more interaction with you guys and uh yeah do some more you know how you know how we know it's been a quiet f1 week We've been struggling for memes. Yeah, it's been almost no memes, is there? So yeah, usually we're like, oh, we could meme that, we could meme that. So. I did, I did think about potentially putting out a meme about helmet, but it's just a very touchy subject, and it's just easier to just leave it alone. I, I, I did a little you. thing just to show just how ridiculous it was, oh, mate. But, honestly, uh, like, yeah, get in the bin at this point. Like, yeah, I understand yeah. he's from a different generation, and you know, like, except, no, except, but that, that doesn't make it okay whatsoever. No, that's a bullshit excuse because is, you're, yeah, you're learning is. all the time. It's yeah. just r- ridiculous, kind of. Thing. Yeah, true. Um, cool, 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 cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Yep. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next time with our preview for Singapore. See you in Singapore, I guess. Yeah. See yeah. you then. Cheers, everyone.